chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have David Palshuk, VP of Licensing and Brand Partnership for Dope Magazine and author of the upcoming book, Branding Bud. And uh, he's actually a returning guest. So uh, please welcome David back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. So your book hits shelves February 11th. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the journey that you have gone on to, to get to this point. Well, um, it's been quite a journey. Uh, coming out of uh, uh, the corporate world and, and moving into the cannabis industry has been uh, quite in- interesting. I've learned quite a bit. I've met uh, a number of interesting uh, people uh, from varied backgrounds and uh, and now I'm actually trying to, uh, or finalizing, uh, the di- digestion of the industry, the brands, and all of the various uh, components that that are leveraged to create a cannabis brand. You know, and the uh, the cannabis branding is is kind of a unique thing. You know, often we we go back to uh, to our roots and try and uh, you know come up with a, a simile that we can you know uh, Captain Chronic or you know things like that that we we're familiar with. Uh, I'm starting to see more and more companies kind of developing their own brand, their own identity. How important do you think it is for for companies to do that rather than reutilize uh, spins on existing brands? I think it's important. I think. Um my book contains over 300 brands and after interviewing 300 plus brand owners on what a brand means and what a brand stands for and further what a cannabis brand means and what it stands for the truth is it means many things to many people Um, whether we're talking about a medical product whether we're talking about a recreational product whether we're talking about a regional product because regions have their own preferences and, and taste palettes um, and perhaps even means of consumption. So, cannabis brands are um, is an umbrella which, in many ways, is is a difficult umbrella to to uh, hold or to create. When in fact, for example, if there's a cannabis brand that creates a sublingual slip or a transdermal patch, one is more likely to associate that product with a band-aid or a listerine slip or something that we're used to coming in uh, coming as a transdermal patch versus um, a cannabis product that we typically think of as a bag of weed that we would smoke so things are changing and perceptions are changing and means of consumption are changing you know, it's it's amazing the means of consumption that are coming out, uh, and you know, I'm I, I've mentioned it many times in the show. I'm a big fan of of measured doses, titration, starting low. You know, go slow, go low. You know, especially for the the uninitiated, because you know, eating a, a very powerful medical uh, can often turn a person off forever. You know, uh, of, of utilizing cannabis, and uh, we had a we had a company on the show, uh, you know, a couple of episodes back, uh, a company called Humboldt, and they had a uh, a beautiful product, a measured dose. You take a take a drag for three seconds, uh, no matter how hard you hit it. Uh, you always got the same exact dose, and they would have different terpene and flavonoid mixes. 
this is the wave of the future that's coming out. And, and you know, again, their, their branding that I had seen was was one that, uh, you know, it didn't uh, mimic, uh, you know, an existing. And I love the fact that, you know, they're, they're stepping it apart from other companies and saying, nope, this is me, as opposed to, you know, trying to make, uh, you know, a chronic cat instead of a Kit Kat or something like that. Um, and that's really exciting for me. The, the legitimacy continues to, uh, to kind of abound uh, with every step. Absolutely, and uh, I happen to be a fan of uh, Humboldt as well. <clears throat> not only is everything dosed, not only is it beautifully packaged, but it also has a certain appeal, which is more of a uh, a medical appeal, if you will, a hermetically sealed appeal. You know that this this is something you can trust and comes across that way, as opposed to a chronic cat, as you just called out. Further, uh, even built into the pen, developed into the uh, pen itself, there's uh, a vibration. Uh, which exactly. takes place when you uh, when you take in a certain amount as well as it being dosed. So, yeah, there's lots of things about the product. There's lots of things about the packaging. There's lots of things about the presentation uh, that Humboldt really gets right. Now, would you say all of those parts are equal to the sum of the whole? That uh, the product, the packaging, and the brand all have to have a unison Absolutely. You know, there's the, the brands, those, those things that differentiate a brand, those, those could be all sorts of things, but basically they're the pillars of the tenets that the brand hangs their hat on and uh, differentiates themselves. And then from there, they need to deliver on that. So uh, it, it really is all about that and then following up with a consistent product. So once uh, somebody buys it the first time, they can come back and buy it again and appreciate it and enjoy it. Where that falls a little short, or short I should say, in the cannabis space is that start to develop across state lines. Products are not always the same. Packaging might be the same, but products are not. And that's okay because if you look at Coca-Cola and use that as an analogy, packaging is the same but you might use cane, cane sugar in Mexico or, or a, a higher level of sweeteners in a different region versus the U.S. So, so everything is built to regional palates while you deliver a consistent package. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people don't realize the behind the scenes on, uh, you know, manufacturers when they spread from one state to the next to the next, how regional things can be. And, and especially with, with cannabis, because it's very difficult to cross state lines. So you really can't. You have to set up uh, another processing uh, partner in different states and hope to God that they maintain the same uh, level of standard that the, the person sub-licensing requires. Uh, often I'm seeing that that is the case, that they adhere to it to a, a very high degree. But you know, every once in a while, you, you wind up uh, uh, seeing some that fall short of the mark. How damaging do you think that kind of stuff is to uh, an overall brand? Well, it's, it's interesting. So <clears throat> some of the things uh, we're finding um, right off the bat, um, you know, as I see brands extending into other states is, for example, a brand will start in Washington. Um, from Washington, they'll create a line of products, and those products will be built out of strains. And those strains become the product line of that brand within Washington State. And all of a sudden, this brand now moves out of Washington State, let's say to Colorado, and wants to push those same strains under that brand because that's what they feel is their recipe, so to speak. But what they find is actually Colorado has its own preferences. And if you look at Colorado's top 10 strains versus Washington's or versus Oregon's or versus California, and when I say California, NorCal, LA, or SoCal, those are all different. 
Um, so again, it's very interesting in terms of you, you know the outer packaging and presenting the best of a region might be a strategy that a brand would approach. But if you were to take the the six strains brand X has in Washington and try to sell them in Colorado and SoCal, you probably wouldn't be so successful. So there's a lot of thought around regional palettes and preferences and what the, straightforwardly speaking, what the top 10, ten strains are within each of those regions. That's where you can start to see the nuances. You know, I wonder if they're ever going to uh, elevate uh, even like the uh, the cannabis cups uh, to have a, more of a locality as opposed to a national uh, presence, you know, where uh, it might be a state to state and then, uh, you know, just to, to kind of emphasize the, the unique uh, palate qualities of every location, you know, I mean, and when you think of foods, foods are the same thing. You go down to Louisiana, you have Creole food, uh, you know, you go a little bit further west, you get some Tex-Mex, you know, and so on. It would only make sense that cannabis should follow in a, in a similar pattern. Agreed. Agreed. You know, uh, um, champagne outside of uh, the south of France is sparkling wine. So, um, it, you know, while there are comparisons across regions, each region absolutely has its specialties and, uh, and uh, uh, preferences. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, that we're actually to a point where we can even discuss or have even researched this regarding cannabis. I mean, granted, there's been so little honestly done, you know, through the FDA and other testing uh, to come up with viable, uh, you know, metrics and viable information back to the public. And yet we're able to discern to this granular detail uh, the, the branding aspect of cannabis itself and the appeal in various regions. It's it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's just like looking at Colorado. Colorado's got a couple years under its belt now of uh, recreational cannabis sales. Um, first 10 months in Colorado, they sold a billion dollars in, in cannabis. I mean, that has to cause, you know, our, our legislators, our, you know, Congress, senators, and, and potentially our incumbent or incoming president, I should say say that uh, you should take notice because this is going to be a big, big business. I mean, California, the entire western seaboard is about to go online and that's got to be a huge boon to the California market. So what do you what do you see uh, happening in California? Well, um, uh, I would say I, I do agree with what you just said. I think um, if uh, our, our new president coming in is pro-business, uh, he certainly can't deny um, this opportunity, um, uh, both both on the tax side and, and uh, capital side, as, as well as uh, what this plant does for a number of patients uh, all around our country. So I think that's important. In terms of California, <clears throat> excuse me, I I know many people uh, moving from other parts of the Calif of the country right now to California. So. Um, I know that uh, people think uh, there's a great opportunity if you were to look at California as a single market, which uh, because of the rules and regulations it is, California is the single most largest cannabis market in the world. So I think lots of things will, uh, will come from this, both good and bad, but um, over the next year or two we'll see, just like you had mentioned about Colorado. So I think there's... Uh, Lots to be uh, seen and lots of opportunity. Lots and lots of opportunity. David, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, folks, we've got David Palashuk, author of Branding Bud. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chich and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him being that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold, California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have David Palshuk, VP of Licensing and Brand Partnership for Dope Magazine and author of Branding Bud. Uh, your book drops February 11th. Um, we, we talked a little bit about uh, how you got there. I'd really like to dive in some more and, and actually kind of talk a little bit about your background again because it's a fun story. Um, you uh, actually obviously didn't come from cannabis. Um, rather, uh, Microsoft, PepsiCo, MasterCard, doing branding and marketing for these types of companies, and you find yourself in cannabis now. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about you know the path to get there, and then uh, tell us a little bit more about you know uh, how how the book has come together, the importance of the book for you know maybe future uh, investors and, and people that want to get into the space. Sure. <clears throat> well, I do have a pretty traditional corporate background. I uh, I have an MBA from my MBA program. I went to work at American Express for a number of years as an MBA intern. From there to Mastercard. Uh, from there to PepsiCo uh, as a brand manager, and then finally uh, working at Microsoft. While I've uh, while I was in Seattle and uh, still remain in Seattle, uh, while I was at Microsoft, I started to see many uh, shops, recreational shops and medical shops, opening up. So much that uh, there were so many green crosses in Seattle that uh, I think all those that uh, both consumed and didn't consume were curious to know what 
these shops were. And soon it became very clear. And soon the opportunities, the business opportunities became clear and people were leaving uh, Starbucks and Amazon and Microsoft to get into the cannabis industry. And I had seen a number of uh, my friends uh, leaving Microsoft to do so as well. And with that, I decided to um, not to miss the opportunity to, to get in um, which on some levels is very late, but on many other levels is very early, um, but to be a part of it. And so what I did is I jumped in and I started to consult for a number of the rec stores that were opening up. Some of those conversations and, and that consult, consultation uh, regarded what actually is a cannabis store and how do people purchase cannabis. And those people that know how to purchase cannabis, that's one thing, but those that have never been into a shop, what are they looking for and how do we support them? And the difference between a transaction versus a shopping experience, a transaction being I need my cup of coffee in the morning or I need to fill my gas tank with gas, I know exactly what I want, get out of my way and make it fast, or a shopping experience which is learning and uh, becoming aware, uh, exploring, adventuring. And, and it was clear that we would have both of those experiences in a cannabis store, uh, in particular in Washington and Colorado, but over time in all the states that, that there's this opportunity for us, there is again uh, people that come in and know and want to make a transaction and many others that are looking for uh, education. And it's not only education on your basics of what is indica versus what is sativa, but also what are all these form factors here? You know, what's the, what is an edible and how does that affect me versus smoking uh, something or a pre-roll joint or taking a bong hit or taking some wax or a dab or tincture, um, all of those sorts of things. And so what <clears throat> I started to build out was um, a roadmap for the store to interact uh, with its customers and create an experience. After that, uh, I then started to look for, quite frankly, more clients. And what I realized was I was a corporate guy coming into this space and clients weren't necessarily what it was all about. It was about a specific culture and having credibility within that culture. And so what I realized pretty quickly was while I had a few clients that I was helping and uh, uh, with their marketing and their branding and their packaging and better understanding the rules and regulations of Washington State, I realized that there was an awful lot for me to understand and digest. And with that, I thought maybe I should go out and learn more and become a credible force within the cannabis space. And so I did. And what I decided to do was write a book. And in writing that book, I partnered with Ali Beckett at the time the lead photographer for Dope Magazine uh, now is one of the lead photographers at Weed Maps and we traveled around the country to all the legal states a number of times and have interviewed as I said earlier over 300 brands we've uh, also have quotes the book contains quotes from over 200 cannabis industry influencers <clears throat> and what I've done with that is basically been able to digest not only the history of uh, cannabis within the United States and uh, and bringing it all the way through to where we are, but looking at the you know the historical, legal, and political aspects of it, and then really looking at and leveraging my consumer brand background into this space and trying to digest this space in a way that would help not only brand owners but consumers, potential investors or entrepreneurs coming into the space, designers that are actually 
interested in designing for brands. And as this becomes more and more legitimate and a legitimized industry, <clears throat> more and more people will be coming into it. So what I'm doing is really taking my 25 plus years of corporate experience in branding and marketing, um, understanding the culture of the cannabis space, and trying to bridge the gap between what might be called the stoner and suit culture right now, helping to offer up real products that make a difference in, in consumers' lives. That's what I hope the, bro the book brings about and, and uh, pushes an understanding of cannabis products and how <clears throat> uh, the stereotypes that have typically been brought around cannabis products are uh, most often not only true, but today very different. <clears throat> Many cannabis products don't even get you stoned or high. Uh, what they do is they help you with various ailments. And I think the more and more those sorts of things become known to the public and aware, um, I think the better off we'll all be as a whole. You know, the, the stigma is, is always, the, the in my opinion, the sticking point. It's the stigma that has kept cannabis in the, the confinement that it's been for so long. Um, we know unequivocally now that cannabis isn't something that is going to uh, cause, uh, you know, uh, the reefer madness uh, that was uh, promulgated in the, in the, in the, the early 30s. Um, we know that it's not going to make a person go crazy. We know it's uh, not going to cause a person to be anything that they're not already. Um, you know, I mean, they, they try to say it'll make you lazy. A uh, lazy person is going to be lazy no matter what, no matter if they're, you know, using cannabis or not. Um, but it's the stigma, and and you know this is this is the 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 fact that I or the, the the bit that I really appreciate about what you're doing and and doing your your part to help legitimize this space that uh, you know quite frankly you know 40 million plus Americans uh, on an average basis utilize. Um, if that great amount of our populace does, that kind of in my opinion tells the government, hey this should be illegal. This many of us say that we like it and we're using it and we're safe and we're responsible. Uh, th there's no reason for you to keep it this way or say all oh, this, this hocus pocus that we obviously know is not the case. Um, you know, uh, once upon a time they'd say you'd go sterile if you smoked or you smoked seeds. Obviously that's not the case. Um, and just kind of parting the wheat from the chaff. And, um, you know, so it's, you know, like you're able to, to do a good amount of this on your own, you know, maybe not being part of the, the, the space for most of your, uh, you know, career, but uh, being able to go to all these different states, touring and interviewing, um, you've been able to glean some, some really sage information that you're, you're passing along in this book. 300 different uh, interviews, 200 different uh, inputs uh, from, from various folks across the country. Um, and you say this book is, is bigger than you now, and your hope is for you know uh, more legitimacy. I think that that is probably going to be the case. Um, so what are the means that people will be able to pick this book up? Well, we'll be uh, just after the holiday, we'll be starting a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, in addition to that, the book will be available through brandingbud.com and uh, always on Instagram at brandingbud. Beautiful, beautiful. We, uh, we have to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we have Dave Palshuk, author of Branding Bud. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? 
With new Frontier data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities, our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions, and our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com or 888-409-4418. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have David Palshuk, VP of Licensing and Brand Partnership for Dope Magazine and author of the book, Branding Bud, a, the commercialization of cannabis. This is going to hit uh, the shelves February 11th. You can get that uh, on your, uh, you said Kickstarter and your Instagram, right? What are those locations again, sir? Yes, on Instagram, it's at Branding Bud and our website, brandingbud.com. And again, that's Branding Bud, the commercialization of cannabis. 
Um, so this is this is something that most people wouldn't have looked at doing. You know, really paying attention to the the brand that cannabis can be and should be. Um, but we're we're seeing a lot more companies coming out, and you know, it's not just you know changing the color of a pot leaf. You know, we're we're coming, we're seeing a lot of really unique design opportunities that people uh, have developed. You know, various containers in uh, Oregon they have uh, you know child proof uh, ziplocs that uh, you know just across the board. There's there's a ton of different things that uh, are available that uh, people can can start uh, you know developing on their own or uh, you know uh, creating some kind of a recognition for it. Yes. So, you know, there are certain rules and regulations. Uh, for example, in Colorado, there's a, a, a lock bag that one needs to leave each, uh, each store with. But outside of that, <clears throat> there are um, various components of packaging that, that uh, you know, one needs to follow the rules and regs in each state. But really, the consistency of creating a brand that clearly denotes what the product is, what form factor it is. Is it flour? Is it a pre-roll? Is it um, a script or a pill? Is it a tincture? And even though these things are pretty clearly discernible from from looking at the product, a newbie coming into the store looking at you know a, a breadth and scope of a product line ranging from tinctures and scripts to transdermal patches and sublingual slips to all the way to a pre-roll joint, you, you know somebody doesn't even know where to start, let alone how each of those will affect them differently. So there's a science behind it. You know, we can talk about bioavailability. If you were to take a sublingual slip and put it under your tongue, um, that would dissolve in such a way and go into your bloodstream in a different way than if you had an edible versus if you were to uh, smoke a, a joint. So these affect you differently. And because they affect you differently, people who don't have experience in this, uh, it, it, it can be quite overwhelming. You know, it's, it, it's even more complicated than maybe taking a sip of wine versus taking a sip of scotch or a sip of uh, tequila. It's, uh, these are unknown form factors to many people. And many people who have been smoking in, uh, for years uh, haven't been had edibles or maybe they haven't used a vape pen with oil or even dabbed for that matter. So uh, different uptakes uh, really create different uh, effects and therefore people need to be very careful about that. You know, it's it's a, an absolute paramount thing, and I'm so glad so many states are starting to come on board with dosing requirements. You know, uh, it has to be uh, scored appropriately or it can't be sold in, in greater amounts of X just so people don't overdo it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a 30-year I'm a veteran, but that doesn't mean that I have not been rendered useless by too much of a, you know, a too potent of a medible. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's not a pleasant thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not being responsible, in my opinion. And that's one of the things that we absolutely have to mandate from, you know, our, our you know, our storefronts that we, we deal with, uh, from the processors. Everybody needs to start being responsible across the board because, you know, I'll be damned if, if cannabis remains the butt of a joke. And the only way we remove it from that is by being responsible and, you know, doing our due diligences when necessary and, and often going above and beyond doing that. That's right. I, I think we, we need to go above and beyond as responsible folks that are trying to break stereotypes and normalize this. You know, there's also other things, for example, uh, relative to dosing. Um, you know, when you buy a Hershey's bar, uh, there are demarcations within that bar just to basically say take one one at a time 
take it slow. Now, of course, everybody that opens a Hershey bar devours it immediately, but at least there are demarcations. In a cannabis brownie, one would think there should be the same, right? One would think there should be both physical aspects to the design of the edible itself, but also on the packaging and also the way the brand con conveys that. So, you know, again, it's, it's really important for us to go above and beyond and to take the branding and the packaging in, and the development of the product, the product design itself, to, to uh, convey how one needs to handle this. You know, again, as you said earlier, you know, some of the, uh, some of the brands that have come on board which are making fun of, uh, of some of the of, of real existing consumer brands, those brands are being irresponsible in terms of how they're, how they're presenting. You know, if, if something is designed to look like a Kit Kat bar but it's filled with cannabis, people are going to eat that like it's a Kit Kat bar. Uh, exactly. You know, and, and those are the things that we need to be mindful of, and in particular children. Exactly. You know, we, we don't need to market to kids, and we, we certainly don't need to piggyback on, on other people's creativity. You know, I, I think that uh, we're all better than that. David, we're, we're all out of time. It's, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. You have, you're just a wealth of information, and you have just some very unique uh, points of view that, that often uh, we don't get to hear and see uh, in this space. So I, I appreciate what you do. Um, definitely, we're going to keep in touch and follow up uh, and see how uh, the book sales are going and, and what uh, you have uh, in front of you for the future. So thank you again for, for coming on the show. And thank all of you for joining us for this edition of The State of Cannabis. I'm Dave Inman. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.